Welcome back, everyone, to Mikey Wild Knows Nothing. Here with my guest, Mr. Television, Scott Beatty. I, I will attest to the title of this podcast. About me knowing nothing? Yeah. But we're going to... We'll work on it. That's why I have you here. Because there's a subject at hand that I wanted to know more about. This isn't going to be like some of the episodes I've had with others where it was just kind of banter back and forth. Now I'm sure we're going to have that at some point. But you had a rather life-altering experience come up that I think super exciting and people need to know about. What happened to you, mister, in Puerto Rico? Well, you know, as, as, as a well-known international traveler, I've had lots of uh, life experiences. Well-known? Within a four-block radius. <laughs> uh, no, actually, uh, Puerto Rico is like my favorite place on Earth, man. It's, uh, it, it's beautiful. It's, uh, I mean, I, if you've never been, I'd love to give you advice on what to do when you're there. It's got the greatest beaches, the greatest uh, r- rustic uh, restaurants and, 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 and everything. But one thing they do have down there is a real stray dog problem. Um, for as much as they love their dogs down there, you see lots of people with their dogs. There's a lot of strays, and they call them, <clears throat> the slang term for dogs down there is Sato, S-A-T-O, and it just basically means a stray dog. And you see them all over, um, generally trotting up and down the side of the road, and you just, you, your heart just breaks. Right. It's come to a point that they're, they're genuinely a part of the community. And, of course, I'm the sucker for it. I mean, and not, not, not in a bad way. I don't mind being the sucker for it because I, I will. Um, there's a lot of roadside stands in Puerto Rico, especially along the, the ocean edges, <clears throat> where you just can buy uh, food they're cooking right there on wood-burning uh, stoves, chicken and, and pork and stuff. And, and I'll buy it right there, and I'll take it across the street and feed a dog, you know, or feed a cat or whatever it happen, happens to be. I don't it doesn't It doesn't bother me. Um, but so for the, for all the years I've been going, I, I've seen it, I've fed them, but I never did anything about it. And so, and I, I but, think maybe cause a lot of people have this feeling too of like, it's such a vast problem that I don't feel like I can make a difference. And I think that happens when it comes to hunger, um, homelessness, things like that, where people want to do something, but they consider themselves so insignificant to the overall problem. How can they be a solution? The The way I've uh, approached it was always with, uh, and I've had family on vacation with me, and I've had uh, friends on, on vacation with me, and I've always said it to them as it's, uh, at least he's not going to go hungry on my watch. Right. You know, I may not see this dog tomorrow, but right now he's going to get some food in his belly. I like that. Um so and but I also knew that I just uh, it would be a complete life upheaval to just bring a dog back and and without really having a, a plan, you know, um, especially with the language barrier, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and I'll t- I will tell you a story in a minute. That's always the trouble with a new dog is certainly the language. Well, barrier. yeah, it's both of them. You know, he's from Puerto Rico. He speaks Spanish. <laughs> you know. Um, but now, 
was that even a thought that had entertained your brain at all while you were down there going, you know what, I could take one of these dogs back? Okay, I could actually did. Really? Yeah, because... So okay. this wasn't as spur of the moment as one could believe. This was uh, something that had been implanted. Uh, yeah, it's always like I wanted to do it. I, I, I can tell you that in the past, I had, uh, you know... Uh, kind of taking care of a dog on the street and uh, a, a couple of times dogs came on to now where i stay there is a friend of mine is is generous enough to give me his beach condo and let me stay when i'm there and it's only a couple hundred feet right off one of a, a beach the ocean and so there's dogs that'll trot up and down the beach too and 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 i would go out there and actually play with them and and and, and feed them and um one week i was there i think i fed them four days in a row they knew where to come for the food and then eventually i had to go home but um, so there, there was always that. Gosh, I wish I could do something for them. You know, there was a, a couple of small dogs who snuck onto the property, and you know, I, I brought them onto the porch and, and and just made sure they had water and food, and they hung out and they slept, and finally they took off um, on their own. Um, so you 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 don't know. You you, you don't know what you can do, and you, you want to do too much. Um, with, with the stray dogs and just stray animals overall, obviously they've been acclimated to the human population. So for them, it's nothing. Yeah, they're not aggressive. They're more. They're they're either scared or friendly. There's no aggression. But but is there an indifference? Like you said, will there be ones that come up and they just kind of they come, they get their food, and then they just go about and do their own. thing? I think so because they're living their own lives. Yeah. Or are there ones that do stick around and are genuinely like, hey, play with me? Um, yeah, I've had both experiences. Okay. Um, there was a dog last year that just wanted, uh, maybe two years ago, who, who wanted it, uh, so much attention. And I could just tell um, that this dog, you know, w- w- would prefer if I would just say, come on in the house. Right. You live here now. <laughs> of course, can't do that because, you know, I, I, I live a, you know, a six-hour plane flight away. Right. So it was, uh, there was the wanting to do something and... Just never following through on it until this year. How did it come to be that this dog in particular was the one that kind of caught your eye and that you thought really neat? Did you find it? Did it find you? And so we can stop calling it it and the dog. Why don't we give this thing a name? Huh? Oh, I thought that was going to be the big the big finish. All right, his, I know it's not a big finish to anyone other than us because okay. we well, find it hilarious. Um, his he's his name is uh, it's it's a boy. Obviously, okay. he's uh, just uh, about now, eleven months old, and his name is Flegel. <laughs> he is a beautiful white pit bull. He is uh, Flegel. Is uh, some people may get it, but but ninety percent of you won't. <laughs> it's actually a name I've had in my back pocket for years. Um, there's a 1970s children's show, Saturday morning show, called The Banana Splits. Many of you may be familiar with The Banana Splits in their original incarnation. Well, these were basically guys in animal suits. <laughs> and one of them was a, was a dog, and the dog's name was Flegel. And I thought, <laughs> if I ever get the right dog, and he looks like a Flegel, that's it. <laughs> well, I love, I love that name, and as many know, Monster, my nephew... Cannot pronounce things very well, or he just tries to think about it and can't get it out. So when I presented, hey, this is Flegel, all he could say was, hi, Bagel. Hey, Bagel. (laughs) 
So he's also our little bagel. <laughs> so, again, how did Flegel and you come to be? Oh, all right. Well, um, the, the the area I stay in is, is really a, a neighborhood, a barrio. It's... Uh, We've got iguanas in the backyard and coconut trees, and and, and uh, but it is a, it is a gated community. But I mean, we're right next door to the people who who live there with the wild chickens in the yard and all that. So it's very rustic. It's very cool. But you have to drive up what amounts to about probably about a three block driveway, um, and it's you know black black asphalt pavement um, with speed bumps because apparently they used to drag race there. <laughs> So you got to drive up to the gate to, to, to go in. And the first uh, couple of days I was there, I saw this dog who was uh, sitting, laying, under a Jeep. Ostensibly, I thought, to stay in the shade. And I saw him a couple of, couple of times. You know, but, I, but you see the dog, so it wasn't really registering too hard. And then... And then uh, uh, then I, I went away for the weekend. I drove to the westernmost point of the island and stayed for, for a few a couple of days uh, before coming back. And when I came back, he was still there. And I just thought it was really strange that he was still, but I thought, okay, maybe he belongs to whoever's Jeep this is. And he just, during the day, he comes out and just, you know, likes to lay outside. Dogs love to lay outside. Sure. So then he was there probably... I don't know. I, I can't even tell you at this point. Another three days, four days. Every time I drive by, there he was. There he was. There he was. Always in the same spot. A couple of times at night, I'm driving up. He's sleeping in the road, and I. Oh, good thing I saw him with the lights, and I went around. You know. So, it just it, it was starting to get on my mind. Like, does somebody own this dog? So, one night I'm driving back. Um, and, and and I see him. And I happen to have some chicken in the car from a roadside stand that I picked up on purpose to bring back to the place. And I thought, you know what? Let me check him out. Let me see if I can get him to, to interact with me. And I got out of the car, and he was awake, and he looked at me, and I kind of showed him the chicken, and he uh, uh, he walked out, He and as he's walking out, he's he won't put his fourth leg down. He's limping on the third leg and and keeping the fourth leg in the ground. So I'm like, oh my god! And I and I would make sense then why you saw him lying down. Yeah, so well, much. It was like a combination of things. It was these these. Well, I'll, I'll get to it. But he took the chicken from me eagerly, and I fed him four or five nice chunks. I didn't care if he ate the whole thing, but I didn't want to get him sick either. And 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 then I petted him and said, okay, I gotta go, buddy. And uh, and so the next morning, um, I was going on a day trip, but I wasn't leaving for about an hour. And I thought, yeah, I still got some chicken left over. Let me let me let me go back out there and see if he's there, because this will be a tell if he's there at, at ten o'clock at night and he's there at ten o'clock in the morning. Those are weird hours to just be there all the time. And well, and of course he didn't have a collar either. So so I went out, and um, this time he was asleep, and I kind of poked him in the butt and uh he looked up at me with these these he's got these big soulful green eyes and he, he looked up at me oh like oh and he comes out he right away this time he comes out right away and this time i actually sat on the asphalt with my back leaning against the the front of the car because yeah, i drove down to him because i said it's a 
And um, I fed him the chicken, and I brought him some crackers and a bottle of water. And the bottle of water, he had n- I, I poured the bottle of water in a, in a bowl. And he had no idea what it was. What? So, yeah. He, he was like, he looked at it like, like, what's this? Like, he had never drinking out of a bowl before. Oh, wow. Because... Uh, so what I did was I'm like I don't think he recognizes it. Just it's not making it's not for him. He's probably used to drinking out of puddles. Sure. And um, I poured the so so I poured some of the water, basically over his mouth, just dripped it on it, and, and so so he'd have to up. so he'd have to react with the tongue. Like, right. What's that? Once he realized what it was, he's all in, and he drank. And this is no fucking joke. Uh, he drank a 16 ounce bottle of water. Wow. He drank the whole thing. So that that that's when I was like, okay, man, this dog is not getting any help. Nobody belongs to it. He's limping. And while he was while he was drinking too, he let me he, he let me touch him. He wasn't and 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 I I put my uh, thumb and, and and finger around his haunches, you know, to feel, and you could. You could get it around. You could you, on a pit bull. You're not supposed to be able to get your fingers around his hind side because right. they're, you know. And and then I rubbed a, his side, and I could feel his ribs. And I don't know how long he'd been out there. My, I knew he was not an old dog, but uh, I thought maybe, you know, a year and a half. So obviously I was wrong. I'll I'll, I'll speed ahead a little bit. When we had him checked out by a vet, the vet said he's ten months old. You know, and this was just a, a, a month ago. Yeah. We haven't had him all that long because um, I just got back um, from Puerto Rico uh, about a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. So he was in definite need of help. And it just, I couldn't, I, I couldn't just walk away this time. So I scooped him up and I put him in the backseat of the car. <laughs> And drove back, and um, my mother, who was staying at the at, at the condo with us at the time, uh, I, I parked the car and I walked to the back patio, and all I said was, "You can bitch at me later." <laughs> and I think she kind of knew that once I went out there that morning to check on him, that something was up. Right. So um, I brought him in, I, I brought, and, and I laid down a towel, and I got him a pillow, and he was perfectly content to lay there next to me. Um, he, but you could tell he didn't have a lot of energy, mm-hmm. and that's the lack of food, the fact that he his legs were hurt, and he just wanted to strain, and he laid a funny way. Um, so I decided, uh, she said, what are you, you going to do with him? I said, well, I'm going to get him some help. So I, I contacted a local organization called Save Asato, which again is, I said, the slang word for stray dog, and they are woefully undermanned. This is this is a woman who takes dogs in, tries to find homes in the U.S. for them, but she doesn't have any budget. She does. She's paying for this you, uh, with you, with donations. You keep volunteers. Saying- Right, you keep saying she. This is literally a one-woman operation. Well, she's got volunteers, but yeah. It's not an organization that is... It's downright a woman who has funded it, done it herself, and is looking for volunteers to help. Yeah, well, what what, what I... That's astounding. Good for her. Let let me get to the the, 
the meat part, which is so I, I contacted them and, and a woman named Lucy gets back to me and, and she says, I'm, I speak English. I'll, I'll help you from here out. Um, the, can you, uh, can you tell me about the dog? So yeah, blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, um, well, you know, right now we're really busy. Could you, and is there any way you could foster him for a few days? And I said, I, I, I can't. I mean, I, I'm staying in my friend's place here. I can't just take a dog in. I'd love to if it were me. So we make arrangements to bring the dog to the shelter. I get to the place, and the oh. woman, Lucy, who's the, the, the English-speaking helper, volunteer, she says, oh, let me show you around. And it was just absolutely overwhelming. There was dogs in cages upon cages upon cages. Some were excited to see me. Others just wanted to sniff your hand and, and lick your hand, you know. And a couple of them just had the most pitiful looks on their faces that you could tell they were just depressed. And as a dog lover, an animal lover, I, I'm not afraid to say, man, I just, my heart just welled up and I just was like over I couldn't take it and um, so I started asking questions about well what do they do well they, they try to fly uh, as many dogs to the states as they can they usually get to, to send 10 maybe 20 a month but for every 10 they ship out they get 10 more in it's right. a never ending process and they try to get help for the ones that are the worst off I didn't think Flegel qualified as one of the worst off. He was young. Probably getting fed on a regular basis would help him, you know, get back. Um, and, 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 and as far as the, the legs, um, we would get an x-ray to make sure he didn't have a major break or needed surgery or something like that. And so then to be categorized as one of the ones that's not worse off, you were going to probably see him, envision him in a cage for a while. Yeah, and he's and 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 Mike, Mikey's met him. In fact, they became best friends uh, just a couple <laughs> of hours ago. Um, he has such a sweet demeanor. Mm-hmm. He is a lover boy. Uh, he loves people. He has no aggression. Um, he's just a big stupid puppy, <laughs> and. Um, it was it was a matter of like maybe I can't help everybody, but maybe I can help him. I mean, we'd already spent a day together, you know. Um, now we come to find out, and I said, you know, I'm I kind of think he's deaf. That's like the kicker of the story. And so they said, well, we'll we'll get it checked out. Well, according to their vet in Puerto Rico, oh, he's not deaf. Now, let me tell you, he's deaf. He could not be more deaf. So, I mean, it was kind of like, you know, when, when, when I saw this whole setup and I thought, oh, man, maybe I, can, maybe I can just do something for this dog. So I just started asking questions, and they told me, basically, we'll take him to the vet and get him checked out and make sure there's no major problems. And then if you agree to adopt him, we will send him to Chicago. And it's a good thing because Chicago's a major hub. They don't mm-hmm. have to do any, any weird connections and all that. They just send them, boom. And United Airlines is the one that does it. Oh, wow. 
Um, and United has, I guess, uh, uh, they do direct uh, um, adoption flights like that. You don't have to, because American, I think, does, you know, they'll do four or five or six dogs at a time, but sometimes a dog can get bumped for one reason or another cargo. With, with United, you pay like another 75 bucks, whoopee, but you get a date and a time and a gate. Right. So um, they told me everything that went down, and I said, okay, well, keep me posted on his vet visit. And they said, well, would you be interested in, in helping with his vet bill? And I said, well, I'll, I'll make a donation, absolutely. And, and my brother, uh, back home here in Chicago, um, who's also a dog lover, who has a pit of his own, uh, a, a big goofball named AJ, um, yeah, I don't know how we became a pit family, but we, this is our third, our third, and um, they they couldn't be sweeter dogs. He, uh, I told him the whole story, and he went ahead and made a PayPal donation without my even knowing, and I gave them some some cash. I had cash on me, and of course that was going to help everything. And I pay, I paid his vet bill was was not expensive, and I went ahead. I, in, in eventuality, I paid for it. Because really, the prices they were charging, because the doctor who works for them obviously does it for nothing. Right. Because it was like 40 bucks for an x-ray, uh, $10 for the visit, and they gave him his medication for nothing. What was going on with his leg? We don't know if he was hit by a car or run over or, or what, but... He just they they would tell me as his his progression at at, at the, the the shelter because once they got back to me and said he can fly, he's been cleared to fly, and that's when I I said let me let me let you know and I talked it over with my family and, and a friend or two, and I just said well okay we'll do it we'll do it, so for all this all these years this decade of going to Puerto Rico and seeing stray dogs had now culminated in me saying let's bring one home. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we didn't have to do anything. They did everything. The only thing I had to do was the day he was flying home was United called me to get my credit card information. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they gave us a gate, a time, and we, and we, we picked him up at uh, airport cargo. Uh, but getting, getting back to it, um, I wasn't leaving for another two weeks from the time they took him in. Right. And I said, look, I, I'm going to be here, but I can't keep him. And, I, and I'm going to be traveling the island because that's what I do. So would it be possible if you just hang on to him until it's time to go? And they said, that's fine. So I would get updates from them. They would text me every day with something, send me pictures. <laughs> and every day he was getting taken out to play, taken out for a walk. So his legs were getting a little better and a little better and a little better and until the point where he was, you know, he'd break into a little trot. Not a run. He still doesn't really run much. He will run occasionally, but he gets tired fast. Sure. Um, and so that was getting stronger. In fact, the vet had said, the vet in Puerto Rico had said, he's, uh, he's, got, a, he's got a small, had a small fracture. It's healing. He's just going to need to heal. Right. Rest and exercise. Rehab it. Yeah. So um, he, he, he flew home, He re- which is really, really was the cool thing, is he remembered me right away. That is cool. And um, we, 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 we put him in the car, we brought him toys and treats, and he settled right in. 
<laughs> he's like dynamite, except for it snowed. And he was like, "What the hell is this stuff?" <laughs> he didn't want to. He didn't want to walk on it. But of course, now he just who cares? He he thinks snow is just a small is a, is a bit of a hill to go pee in. Right. <laughs> um, I, I think I. But when we got him home here, we were like, "Okay, let, let, let's double check the." We took him to the vet here, of course, again. So we checked the deafness. White dogs have a. Um, they, they, there's more deafness and, 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 and partial hearing in white dogs than there are in anything else. That's why I found this out, that Dalmatians are firehouse dogs because they have more trouble hearing so the bells don't make them crazy. That's wild. And so, yeah, he's he's absolutely stone deaf, uh, which is really frustrating because you're used to yelling at people who are doing bad things. <laughs> and he um, he loves paper. He loves cardboard. And unfortunately, I happen to live in a house that has books and boxes. I don't know about you <laughs> folks at home, but... Now, I know him being a puppy, it's, he's going to need to be taken out. He's going to need to be played with. And Are you telling me I should let him out of the cage? <laughs> you're, you're at work. Yeah. Your roommate... I play, you should probably let people know that I play left field for the San Francisco Giants. So. <laughs> yeah, yes. So taking him to the park is so while you're, a little yeah, tough. While you're out catching dingers, <laughs> he's here. No, you own your own business. Yeah. So you actually have the luxury of bringing him with you all day to, yeah. to the office. Yeah, and um, well... That's a, again. Now there's a paper and cardboard there. I own a sports memorabilia store in Morton Grove. Uh, AU Sports Memorabilia for the cheap plug, and uh, you know we deal in sports memorabilia, which means baseball cards, publications. Uh, oh, uh, you know baseballs, autographed baseballs, all of which he's decided are things that he'd <laughs> like to investigate. He's not 100 percent sure if he likes the taste of an autographed Joe Torre ball, <laughs> but he's willing to try it and let you know afterwards. Um, he has decided he likes plastic cases, he likes baseball cards, he likes magazines. Um, usually, we catch him in time. <laughs> I at the shop today. I had seen him going for something, and instinctually, I just yell like right. Flegel, hey. Not remembering, oh, duh, he's completely deaf. Oh, you, I have to sprint over there. <laughs> I've been I've been told by countless friends who, you know, when I say, you know, hey, you, come here. And they're like, well, why, why are you uh, <clears throat> why are you yelling at a deaf dog? I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> so he, uh, he does to get into a little mischief, but um, he's learning sign language, uh, dog sign language anyway. He uh, uh, just started. Did you teach him that and develop that, or did you have to bring him to someone? Well, I tried the uh, initial, which is what do you teach every dog when you start sit? So I taught him how to sit simply by getting right in front of him, and I would make this hand signal of like my hand closing, like a one-hand clap. Okay. And... Oh, you know, I have I had seen you do that earlier. Okay, I was and, wondering and, what that was about. And he, of course, he didn't react to it right away. So when I would do it, I would do the one. The, I would lower the hand, lower the hand, but then I would pat him on his butt, or even a little more forceful, kind of, kind of shove it down. 
Not hard, but just enough so he knew that back end was supposed to go down. And I did that over a couple of days, and then I noticed he was starting to pre-sit if he thought I had something for him. <laughs> like, okay, so we're, we're, we're somewhere in the middle of this communication. So after that, I tried it strictly with hand signal. Boom. Worked like a charm. So I'm like, all right, let's try no. You know, like, you can't have that. No, no. Well, I failed miserably <laughs> at no. Um, I have, uh, he has taken over my dining room. He is, uh, he's got toys, plastic bottles, balls, ropes, uh, just whatever he wants, pretty much. I think my favorite thing <laughs> to see is the gesture of letting him know he's a good boy. And he looks for the gesture. He does. When he does something well, he waits for this acknowledgement. What is that acknowledgement? He, get, he gets a thumbs up. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, he gets a thumbs up because everything has got to be visual with him. Yeah. One of the things we had to teach him, and, and I'm going to give credit to to um, our, our new dog trainer, um, uh, this girl Tara, who I happen to find uh, through PetSmart, actually. And she had two Dalmatians who were both deaf in one ear. Oh, good. So this was, I said, I said, I'm like, oh, I think, perfect. I, I think this is going to work. So the first session with her, um, he started reacting to no fairly quickly. Um, he's still picking up on it. He, he, what you have to do with him is you, you give him the hand signal for no, which is literally just a finger wag. And, um, but you basically bump him off what he's doing badly. He wants to get at that garbage. No. Move him off with your knee or your side of your hip. You know, give him a little bump. And he'll try to come back. No. Bump again. No. Bump again. Then, and, then he'll generally give up. And the way you showed me, was it was creating a barrier between what they want mm-hmm. and him. And then rather than just standing there until he goes away, you're walking him off in the direction as almost like a, hey, come do something else. This isn't for you. And exactly. Then, what you want to do is, and as the trainer told me, she's like, what you're doing is you don't want to give him negative feedback. You want to create positive feedback. And even though you're telling him no, you're telling him, go that way. Go find something else to do. Right. You know? And when he does, if, if he goes from getting in the garbage to picking up a fuzzy toy, instead, you can give him the good boy thumbs up. You mm-hmm. know? And now he knows, oh, okay, this is, this is okay. Right. That's not. Sure. Um, so he's, he's, uh, got a few more to, to pick up on. Um, he's, he's learning to, I mean, it's, it's a challenge. Honestly, you, you don't even think about it when you're a dog owner to say, how do you teach the dog to come? You just say, come and you whistle or you make the kissy faces and that's it. You know, and he'll, he will come to you. But this one, no, he's, he, you could say out loud to him, come here. And he stares at you. <laughs> And that's the other thing, though. She said you, you, you've, you've got to maintain. You've got to get him to maintain eye contact. So that's what you know. That's another thing we do is point to the nose. You point to your own nose until he looks at you, and then you have to gesticulate then, from there. And, and the then motion. you good, then good boy. You know, so he knows. So if you, you know, give him a little bop under the chin. Look, look, look at me, and then you tell him sit or stay or leave. You know, then that's that's all supposed to go together. But uh, he he. Still has all that puppy energy, though. Mm-hmm. So he will be very cooperative and, and and a big, genuine lover boy. He loves to sleep on your lap or just in your vicinity. And uh, But then all of a sudden he'll wake up and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, invading Europe. 
He's he's going to take over the entire house. That was certainly an analogy. Well, yeah. <laughs> Going forward, you know, we'll try to teach him even more complex commands. Uh, I'd like to him to figure out how to maybe take the garbage out. Now we'll 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 settle for whatever he he does in his own in his own time. Um, by the time he's two, see in a year's in a year's time, it's not going to be the same. He'll he'll have figured everything out. We'll have figured everything out. Mm-hmm. And he'll and he'll have matured a little bit, you know. Uh, we already um, we already socialized him with uh, my brother's dog, who is a like, who is another pit, but he's also twenty five pounds heavier. Mm-hmm. But the two of them uh, spent about twenty five minutes the other day, uh, basically uh, putting each other through tables like in a WWE <laughs> pay per view, and uh, they had a, they had the best time last time. That's the only thing I'm I'm a little wary of him. He loves. Other dogs, but I think sometimes people will mistake that happy aggression yep. for aggression. Oh yeah, because yeah. with people he's an absolute doll. Yeah, um, we've gone to to PetSmart because I take him almost if I leave the house I take him with right now, um, so he gets used to being you know just going. And when we get to PetSmart, he is so well behaved. He doesn't try to pull anything off the shelf. He's better behaved there than he is here. <laughs> I was just about to say. He doesn't try to pull anything off the shelves. He says hi to all the people. He says hi to all the dogs. Uh, if he's if he gets bored if we're in there too long, he lays down. And then of course I bring him back here, and you know, and he's the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's not you know when you get a puppy. I don't know if anybody listening who's a who's got a puppy, but you know you, when you have to start putting your garbage cans on tables. <laughs> So I think one of the big questions I had, because every year in January, you're going back to Puerto Rico. Is he going to be venturing back there with you at all? Are you going to uh, have you know, I, I have I haven't given that one a lot of thought right now. Sure. Because it's, it's a long way off, and um, it would be unfair to make that decision before... I know whether or not he'd he'd be able to handle it. Right. I you know I'm not crazy about putting him in a crate for six and a half hours. Period. Sure. You know, but um, I think that I would at this point if you if if you told me I have to make a decision today, I would probably have him um, stay with my brother for for a couple of weeks. Okay. Because he'd have a built-in playmate and right. Uh, you know. And same, you know, in. In our household, we have the two pups that I'm sure he would be happy to run ragged. Well, he like, he, like I said, he loves Mikey. <laughs> uh, this I, I he's met several of my friends and all of my family, and Mikey comes to meet him for the first time today, and the butt was wagging. He was crawling up on him. It does ha- kissing his face. It does help that I dove straight to the ground. Yeah, <laughs> and played with him. So they became insane friends. And then uh, uh, before we come to 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 broadcast the the, the podcast, uh, we stopped and 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 uh, picked up a little pregame meal. And uh, and of course, right after we were done eating, we're just sitting here chatting. And Flegel decides, I'd like to climb up into Mikey's lap and just <laughs> hang out. So I'm thinking to myself, one, 
well, at least I'm getting a little bit of a break from the 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 the, the puppy action. And number two, what the hell, man, you're my dog. <laughs> right. I think I recall you saying, "I think it's time for you to leave." Yeah. <laughs> Well, Scott, you're certainly going to be back on because we're going to talk wrestling. We're going to we have a lot of things we've been working on together in way of writing. Um, so there's going to be plenty of things that I have you back on. But I thought it was of most importance that you come on for Flegel because it has just happened. It's life altering. I think people would be I, appreciative I, of the story. I I, I life altering. Listen, man, I feel like a like a new father. I don't sleep. Anymore, he's good. <laughs> he has to go out to pee at six thirty in the morning. I just, just I don't get up at six thirty in the morning. <laughs> Not when you own your own business, baby. No, and uh, so he he he's he's running my life right now. But I, I'm glad I did it when he's uh, when he is at his uh, at his good boyest. Mm-hmm. He's an, an absolute delight, and I think uh, uh, everybody who meets him just comments on what a sweet handsome boy he is mm-hmm. and i and i think that is absolutely correct but i also thank mike for for bringing it up i hadn't even considered talking about it but uh uh hopefully this will make some of you uh, consider what you do with your fur buddies yeah absolutely. you know maybe it's it's uh it, it's not a terrible thing to add some uh, unconditional love into your life and it's, it's it certainly can be difficult to make that transition or that change but like what you were saying with the shelter donations. Well, let me take it's, it's called volunteering. It's, is it's an called option. it's called it's called Save Asato. Uh, you can check them out on Facebook. Uh, that's how I found them. And um, certainly, if you have any choice about you know helping or adopting or anything, they could really use your help because they operate strictly on donations and volunteers. They really have more dogs than they know what to do with. Um, I would just say, just go check them out. And even if you just like seeing pictures of some doggies who uh, might be uh, in, in need of a rehome and you can pass the word. Thank you so much, Scott, for coming on. And uh... and I promise, next time when we come on and we're talking about wrestling or our, our, our new uh, writing project, which we'll get into at length, I promise we will be much, much funnier. At least I will. I'm cutting that out. No, you fucking nerd. Oh, man. You narcissistic piece of shit. I'm very funny. No, I'm cutting that out. (laughs) All right. Hey, Flegel.